Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Lavender Menace. Such a joy. I am one of your co-hosts, Renaissance. I'm super pumped. Went to a super cool museum today. Actually, I'm not super pumped. I don't, not that I'm not excited to be here. I'm just tired. That's yeah. April too much information. is so exhausting. I know we said March is exhausting. I, I think we said February was we exhausting. We said fe- <laughs> <laughs> We were like, we had the we high of the holidays, <laughs> sailed us in through January, February came, halt, March, boom, elbow. I'd say April, more of a chokehold type of situation. Uh-huh. That's just my analysis. Well, yes, my name is Sunny. I'm your <laughs> other co-host, and I am also suffering. My hair hasn't been washed in like maybe six days. It's finally at a length where I can clip it back. Which, if you know, if you know what's up, you would know that my hair has been at a length. If you know what's up, meaning if you are a Patreon subscriber and thus watch, like, our YouTube video recordings of our episodes, or you just, like, I don't know, follow me on Instagram or whatever, you would know that I've had short hair since summer, and now I'm trying to grow it out, and some someone was like, wow, it's, like, kind of looking like a wolf cut, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, you better get so yeah, damned automatically. <laughs> dangerous, dangerous territory. <laughs> dangerous territory. <laughs> Please. Anyway, so oh, also, sorry, today, side note. Yeah. If anyone wants to make a fan cam to uh, Night Changes by One Direction, but it's about me and Sunny's hair length changes, that would be very funny and much appreciated. <laughs> Go through, pick whatever footage Results? you want has been on this we need a fan cam train for yes. like yes I, like you're telling me that we have over 100 patrons and not a single fan cam editor <laughs> like i refuse to believe those statistics someone has access to all of this footage and we're not getting inundated with doja cat fan cams every week uh, yes yeah, so i think two years is enough patience with the um like with the pap shot of Taylor in New York walking with, like, Gigi Hadid and, like, Blake Lively and the Heim sisters and edited us yes. into it. That was so fucking funny. So hilarious. And Lord. truly made my day just because of the fanfare. Honestly, I was just happy to have that edit made. Thank you so no, much. Exactly. And it was great. We also had a 420 special episode, speaking of April, that is up on... Instagram because we just did an Instagram mm-hmm. live. If you've been here since literally day one, speaking of, it's literally happy second two year anniversary to us. Two years. Like, it's been two years of this shit. And we've been saying we've been like, that's why this episode is so important, because we're talking about Gaylor shit and the 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 ways <laughs> we have moved since we started this. <laughs> <laughs> oh how far we have gone because the pace, our first the paths we have paid episode was literally a instagram live mm-hmm. and i like recorded the audio from my end of like the ig live from an ipad mm-hmm. and that's why the audio is so shitty on our first episode but literally in it we talk about gaylor and shit and now here we mm-hmm. are two years later still talking about this shit now we're here graduating with our PhDs in Taylor Gaylor studies from Twitter University, and we're so proud. That was at the I'd beginning like of our PhD program. Right. <laughs> we're, we're, grad, we're graduating soon cum laude. Is that the highest honor? <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Anyway. Yeah. Point is, 
We are very excited to talk about Gaylor stuff today because we have like four different Gaylor related hot takes in our inbox that have been stacking up since February, which is crazy because obviously Taylor and Joe have broken up. Um, <laughs> and the Gaylor and We were live on the scene reporting. Re- yeah, we have a Patreon bonus episode on that, so you should go check that out if you haven't already. The $3 tier has like the audio of it on Patreon exclusively, and the $5 is like the video recording as typical. So. Go check that out. And yeah, that was like literally the day after the news dropped and we were, (laughs) Mm -hmm. we had a good time. Okay. So anyways, now. Since then we have fought five wars, I think. Oh my God. (laughs) 10 fronts, every continent, um, every age demographic, every tax bracket, Mm -hmm, Uh, people mm -hmm. were there was a draft people enlisted um Mm -hmm, on both mm -hmm, sides mm -hmm. it's yeah now we're finally in the post-war treaty (laughs) 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 treaty writing portion Um, but yeah let's take it back to february for our first hot take renaissance yes we shall it is from sophia and they write Hello, Renaissance and Sunny. My name is Sophia, any pronouns, and I'm a lesbian communist, increasingly delusional gayler, and while I don't have a girlfriend's mention, I do have an Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Who I got to start listening to the pod. I've been going insane over high, infidel- high infidelity since it was released because of the line, there's many different ways that you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them en- enough. Because in my brain, that line is directly referencing Oscar Wilde's The Ballad of Reading Gao. Gao. Do you know how to pronounce that? No. T-B-H. Okay, slay. I was going crazy because my fave was referencing my other fave. But after the Lavender Haze music video, I'm thinking there's something more. People were going insane over the couch scene because of the daisies, she's smoking, whatever. I see a bitch in a flamboyant fur coat and I see Oscar Wilde. And she's hitting the same pose that he does in in some of his most iconic photos. This is not an accident. The implications of Taylor trying to establish herself as a new Wilde are so insane. Wilde had a wife and kids and he was a celebrity of his time. But he also had gay relationships behind the scenes. And Taylor is basically saying the same thing about her and Joe, lol, and whatever gay relationship she's hiding. Yeah. This feeds perfectly into the whole narrative of Midnight's, but the historical connection makes it all the more crazy. She's placing herself into queer history. I haven't seen anyone else mention this. So what do you guys think? I love the pod. Thanks for doing God's work on the internet, Sophia. And then provided photographic evidence photographic side photographic evidence yeah and oh there's citations there's <laughs> MLA, citations in, MLA, chicago apa she <laughs> turned them all in <laughs> yeah yeah Real. no the the photograph of oscar wilde in the fur in, no in the coat with yeah, the fur coat laying laying on the fur coat on top of the patterned couch it it does look very similar. It's it's damning, to say the least. Taylor definitely has some questions to answer. I, I'll give you that, Sophia. Taylor has some questions. Yeah. Do you want to read the excerpt of the poetry yeah. that they sent? So this is in response to the aforementioned line. 
Yet each man kills the thing he loves. Oh, this is Oscar Wilde. Yet each man kills the thing he loves. By each let this be heard. Some do it with a bitter look, some with a flattering word. The coward does it with a kiss. The brave man does it with the sword. Some kill their love when they are young, some when they are old. Some strangle with the hands of lust, some with the hands of gold. The kindest use a knife because the dead so soon grow cold. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of, you can find a lot of parallels between Taylor's writing, like in her music and her work with just like good writing across history because there's there's just similar motifs and themes and ways of writing that like just resonate with people across time and space. And I think also like this is the thing about Gaylorism in general as well is that like even if these are a series of coincidences that you're like picking up on, it still points to what the general thesis is, which is like, we see themes of queerness in art in this music, and thus we think this person is queer. And this is something that has always Mm -hmm. been a thing. Like, this has been a thing across time. So... If you make gay art, even if you're not gay, but also you most likely are, if you make gay art, and you have predominantly gay audiences, and those gay audiences come to the consensus that you're making gay art because you are gay, that process has a pretty high success rate, I'd say. More times than not. Yeah, and it's just a very common thing that has Mm -hmm. always happened. And also, like, it's just, we, we live in a very, it's been very... Recent we live in unprecedented times. Right, right. It's pretty recent and new and and also like revolutionary and has required a lot of changes within pop culture for people to be quote unquote out and claim their queerness within their work as a part of their own identity. It was something that like only people who are like extremely radical did for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so Like, Oscar Wilde's kind of included, you know. So it's kind of just, I don't know. It makes me think of this book that I read called Bad Gays, which was released this past year, I think, by Verso. And the publisher sent me the book, which is really kind of them. It's up over there on my shelf. I don't want to go grab it. But it sort of delineates the histories of all these different, like, bad gay people throughout history, meaning, Mm -hmm. like, they were kind of villainous in one way or the other in that they were, like, literally colonizers or just Mm -hmm. other bullshit, right? So, anyway, I think, like, look, who knows? We live in a cat's, in a Schrodinger's cat liminal space of whatever regarding... (laughs) to intertextual references and gay allegations, we might as well have fun, okay? Who fucking cares? Anyways. Absolutely. And also, referencing, not even subtly, directly referencing uh, Emily Dickinson, and then now this Oscar Wilde connection. At some point, this is no longer, like referencing or subtle or subtext and it's just a queer artist doing queer artist things which I mean you know with heteronormativity and the industry and her own 
history, blah, 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 coming out, not coming out, whatever. But, well, actually, this is funny because this email came out before the whole Rolling Stone baseless article that came out in Uh the wake of the Joe breakup. And so I think, again, this is kind of, a, a lot of people on the timeline got their feathers ruffled, myself included, about being called baseless. And I think this kind of adds to, like, this ongoing Gaylor investigation that is not about just, like, I want Taylor to be gay just because, although I don't care if people say that either, but if you know your shit, you know your shit. Yeah. So, our next hot take is from (laughs) two people and the subject line is thoughts about homophobia coming out in quotes plus speculation with a story to match (laughs) what a thrilling headline (laughs) really you know yes hey renaissance and sunny we are grace f17 and mabel f18 two queer cool crazy swifties parentheses, gaylers, with communist tendencies, mm-hmm. who also love the podcast. This starts with a somewhat rambly story, but promise it gets to a good and attemptedly thoughtful point at the end. And it's mostly us just complaining about straight people, which we hope you enjoy. We know it's not really a hot take per se, but we thought it was interesting, so hope you like. I, Mabel, have a girlfriend, unlike you two, lol, and last week we were listening to your podcast together in a park <laughs> when a group of guys started staring at us. Obviously, we were totally weirded out and uncomfy. I felt like Taylor and Carly at the 1975. So we started walking into the town and headed for the cafe I work at. When we arrived, it wasn't even a mere two minutes before the same group of guys walked in and had followed us. At this point, we were feeling extremely uncomfortable and honestly unsafe. Like, okay, homophobes in 2023, what are you even (laughs) achieving? Now, you think this couldn't get any worse. It did. As they sat themselves down on the table next to them, as on the table next to us, and me and my girlfriend held hands before diving into our sandwiches, avocado and halloumi with my lavender, OMG get it, infused oat milk tea. It's a British thing. You wouldn't understand. This is when they turned around and started calling us slurs and more horrible things, and literally no one in the cafe cared. Honestly, I felt so alone, and it just made me so angry at the rampant prejudice that so many people still have. Not to mention, I'm not out to my colleagues at work yet. Still, they heard everything and didn't do a single thing about the horribly homophobic remarks coming from these ignorant little boys' mouths. As well as this, I had work the day after, and they acted as if nothing had happened. Genuinely, it made me so angry. Now, this brings us to the current day. When I told my fellow Lavender Menace fan friend, Grace, she introduced me to you guys and how mm-hmm. I was horribly outed and hate crimes with my girlfriend in public. After a debrief of the whole situation, this got us talking more widely because we are such based intellectuals who read books about outing. And aside from how horrible it is, why is this, this homophobia so internalized in straight people? And why do they feel like they have the right to know our sexuality? Of course, we had to bring Gaylor Swift into this for you guys, or Grace did. In relation to the whole idea of coming out and being gay in public, what do you guys think of the Hitler's argument that speculating is a form of outing, as she is not technically out to mainstream society yet? We don't believe this, of course. Or do you think society has progressed past the need for an official coming out? Is queer flagging hints and references enough? If anyone, who do we owe the knowledge of our sexuality to? In our own experience, me and Grace certainly never had an official coming out, and instead just started acting gay. So, is coming out dad? Is flagging enough? 
Sorry for the long email, just had some annoying straight people to complain about, and then some rather convoluted points to make on our thoughts about coming out. We wrote this in our English language lesson instead of doing our coursework, haha. That's how much we are dedicated to being true lavender menaces. <laughs> we would really love to hear your thoughts on our lukewarm take. Lots and lots of love, Grace and Mabel. XOXO. <laughs> that is so, it's like if two heartstop, the two lesbian heartstopper characters decided to email us, this is how I imagine it would sound like. Please. Well, I'm really sorry that these guys like harassed you and no one did anything about it. That fucking sucks. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. That's what fu- the hell? That's hella fucked up. Oh my god. So sorry. What? That is crazy. And to follow also, you like from- yelling slurs out loud in public. First of all, have some decorum. Even if you're homophobic, <laughs> have some goddamn manners. No, like but- it's just so what? That is crazy. Yeah, no, literally following you from the park to a cafe just to, like, point and then, like, yell. Like, what? That is crazy. And two teen girls. I'm sorry, have you never seen two teen girls, even if friends, go to a park? Literally. Like, that's every park and cafe on Saturdays. Like, literally. <sighs> Whatever. The question of, like, the officially coming out versus just, like, flagging and acting mm-hmm. queer kind of... it's sort of like you don't have to come out to people who want to hate crime you or like look at you a weird way or think you're gay yeah because they're going to think you're gay no matter what and and simultaneously for people who like love gay people or care about you (laughs) and aren't homophobic or you know just like seeing gay people out and about in public and you know just be gay seeing people be gay is is itself like a coming out because if coming out is just Mm -hmm. a way of announcing your sexuality to the world in a lot of ways the people who your sexuality does matter to people who you know care and know enough to have already picked up on it and people who are going to use it against you to be hateful those that sort of is I don't know. I feel like that in itself sort of shows the the coming out, the nature Spectrum. of what that even means. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I think, like, this whole value system or more or less out or coming out versus flagging, like, is flagging enough? Like, enough for who? Like, I think if you are living as gay as you want or as not gay as you want for safety reasons, for self-expression reasons, whatever. Like, that is what's most important. I don't think how many straight people know that you're gay is the marker for how out you are. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, like... I think that's, previously that's what it meant because... Oh, it was absolutely. ...about visibility, and that was one of the first sort of markers that people were trying to overcome. Specifically for lesbians as well, because for gay men as well, and for, like, queer-coded male characters, or for, like, drag queen-coded characters, people always had a sense of that visibility and queerness, but it was always, like, the butt of a joke, or as a way of degrading that, whereas I think for a lot of, like, queer women, if you think about, like, Ellen coming out or whatever, it was about trying to claim a stake and show the world something that you know that they well, it was otherwise about wouldn't expect. Humanization. It respect. was about yeah. being seen as a human, not being yeah. seen as a joke. Because like if you look at 
like 1950s through 1960s like British humor there were so many gay characters and so many like British gay historians will say that like visible quote-unquote visibility was not an issue necessarily or like pop like having pop culture gay characters to see on a weekly basis or that were beloved by a whole country that was not necessarily lacking however that obviously doesn't translate it to gay people being treated humanely or with respect or having rights it's an issue of like dignity and claiming oneself as something that you know you are and not just something that other people sort of Mm -hmm. can ogle at and you know claiming your own narrative in a lot of ways and of course it's just like so contextual for everyone because I think that like part of part of the part of coming out and the ethics of it and the ethics of like outing people and whatnot is that it's like to what does it serve and to who whose ends does it support you know what I mean like for example like mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg being gay is and him coming out as such or being like oh I'm gay that's why you should vote for me like that is obviously self-serving and like a really and and also reifies these institutions of like imperialism and thus white supremacy and thus like heterosexist patriarchy in a way that it doesn't fucking matter that you're gay Pete like yeah (laughs) you know the question of like who does this serve is something that I think is important when it comes to a question of like coming out or or outing someone especially if they're like dead you know because mm-hmm. if there the some uh, i read this book called lesbian ethics by claudia card and there's a whole chapter about outing and like coming out and in the chapter she talks about the what it means to try to to like out someone who is dead and what does that actually mean or look like? I think you can find this chapter for free online. Like, some lesbian uploaded it to, like, WordPress or something. Um, <laughs> but I think that when it comes to this issue, it really just has to do with this the person and the situation and the amount of, like, risk and danger and intimacy and sort of political like, implications that are there? Did I already say implications? Probably. But, like, what does it actually mean in this moment? The reason why in so much gay media, coming out is such... Like, contemporarily, coming out is such a big deal. Like, everything from Love, Simon to Heartstopper, the issue of coming out, like, surrounds a plot narrative because it's, like, if you do come out, people will, like, bully you or, you know, you'll face, like, harassment for a year or, you know, that sort of thing sometimes it's necessary in the coming out plot line and in real life because, like, you that needs to occur in order for, like, a certain end to be met. Like, you can't, mm-hmm. to some degree, like, you can't, like, invite someone to your gay wedding and not be out, you know? <laughs> like, if you're, <laughs> that type of thing. It kind of just... Yeah. It, it, it's ultimately, I think, about that. It's, it's situational and it has to do with power, as does everything. And I think when it comes to like Taylor Swift or is coming out dead or is speculating a form of outing 
I think that like when it comes to homophobes who are going to hate crime someone or harass someone, they don't really see it as speculating. They see it as fact that you are gay or they have decided that you are gay or that you are trans or that you are whatever. And that then justifies their bigoted harassment of you. And when it comes to gay people being like, I think this person is gay. Well, actually, Jill Gutowitz writes about Prez Hilton being a gay person who like homophobically outs other gay celebrities in a not slay way. And I think in that very same essay talks about how Gaylor is very much not Prez Hilton. Or she brings a question of like, is it like that? Like, is, is this unethical? But ultimately, she does. She still does it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. even if it isn't, then okay. Oops, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, at least that was the standpoint that she sort of took in the book, from what I understood. But I yeah. think, like, but also, Prez Hilton is like outing these celebrities in order to ruin their career or order to spark up scandal and outrage about a specific celebrity. Whereas I think the majority of gaylers are saying or believe that Taylor Swift is gay and are vocal about it because, one, there's evidence to suggest that either to the world or to a certain group of people, she wants to be seen as gay or is doing gay things. Or she, like, wouldn't mind being seen as gay. Which, like, I think is baseline... Like, I think one of the reasons why Gaylor is fine within the ethics of, like, being in a Taylor Swift fandom is that, like, if she is the hashtag ally that she claims to be and that the lover era was, like, couched upon, people saying that they think she is gay should not be a problem. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of similar to how, like, in the early 2000s when Lady Gaga was being asked, like, oh, are you trans, essentially? And she was like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, if, I think Taylor Swift having a sort of general silence on the matter, despite the fact that every fucking week there's a new article on this, for some reason, I, like, why? I... The fact that she, like, if she was ever, like, on Good Morning America and someone was like, are you gay? A, that wouldn't happen. Because this isn't mainstream enough. I I mean, and I don't think it ever will be, like, inshallah. Like, I, I don't think, I think that part of the hashtag good allyship is not denying allegations of being gay or trans or whatever, even if you aren't. Because, like, if you say, if you homophobically say, no, I'm not gay, then what does that say about you? Or no, I'm not trans. Like, what does that say about you that you don't want to be seen in that way? And I think on her end, if she is hashtag committed to to just that in general, I don't, this this can't be a real issue that is keeping her up at night because the, within the ethics of fandom, like, we're still, this still is not, there's no violation involved, you know? I also feel like because Gaylorism and Gaylors are such, like, a minority group, <laughs> like, in general, it's such a minority point of view, it's not... And none of us are committed to, well, not, like, I think a lot of people, there are some people who are committed to trying to convince others that she is gay and not just convince other people that, like, it's okay that she, it's okay to say that, to think that she's gay. I feel like 
we just there's just not enough power for an outing to be what's going on whereas Perez Hilton isn't like a fan he is like within the circles of these people and Mm -hmm. like as a celebrity gossip journalist and whatnot like he has a level of power and stake within the Hollywood machine that like fans of an artist just don't like we contribute to the hashtag Taylor Swift LLC empire this is not (laughs) I don't think this is undermining it in any meaningful way in fact it's like kind of it just bolsters it and so it's yeah anyway yeah The next email is from Cod, and Cod writes, Hey, girls. (laughs) First of all, love the pod. I've emailed you before, and as always, what you had to say is so interesting. Slay for real, for real. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So anyway, I recently posted a TikTok about the queer lyricism in Lover. Not really in-depth, just commenting about it. I have like 100 TikTok followers, but the amount of comments I got from Hetlers saying to stop speculating on Taylor's sexuality or that Taylor isn't gay was astounding and irritating. I just don't get why Hetlers can't leave us alone. Like, I wasn't hurting anyone or trying to debate, just appreciating the queer art that is her music. Eddie K. Man, I just wonder why they constantly feel the need to defend Taylor's straightness and comment their opinions in gayler spaces. Not trying to complain, obviously this isn't a super big deal, just thinking about it and would love to know your thoughts. Thanks so much. XO, COD, he, they. And this is like directly related to the email that we were just talking about. And obviously the email before this is a mm-hmm. gayler episode, but like this specific phenomenon of Hetlers harassing Gaylers or Gaylers being seen as outing Taylor or having to defend her sexuality one way or the other. And I think here, this is really interesting to me because apparently there were some like red flags in the Rolling Stone article that did come out about quote unquote Gaylor or whatever. But one of the things that was really interesting to me was apparently they were like doing demographic polls or whatever or getting the numbers of the yeah yeah. and Gaylor only made up like nine percent of all Taylor Swift fans whereas like self-identified Hetlers like not just like Swifties who like think she's straight or whatever but like Hetlers made up 21 percent of Taylor Swift's fan spaces so like Literally, just number-wise, there are more self... Or, according to the article, who cares, whatever. There are more self-identified Hetlers than Gaylers. So this whole thing of, like, harassing or getting into the comments, defending Taylor's straightness, it's like you are defending something that such a small minority of people even believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This really isn't an issue or this isn't really something to harass other people about unless you are someone who thinks that gay people doing gay things and I mean that as like the gay fans like you think that gay fans should not enjoy things or not call things gay like at the end of the day time and time again that gets proven as the only motivation for these things there are other excuses and other moments of benefit of the doubt or whatever but that's like why like why else would this be happening to gaylers in specific 
Well, it's because, like, of course, straightness is the default and whatnot, but mm-hmm. I also wanted to clarify that it's not even, like, self-identified Hetlers, because I don't, no one self-identifies as a Hetler. People self-identify as Gaylers. Hetler is just, like, the mm-hmm. derogatory term that people who think Taylor Swift is gay have, like, used to call people who really hate when people say that Taylor Swift is gay. Well, I mean, like, self-identified Hetlers in that they engage in gaylers negatively or have gayler do not interact in there because yeah. like regular ass taylor swift fans even regular ass swifty accounts that are online or whatever but don't fuck with gayler one way or the other like are just normal ass fans oh like don't have that but someone who engages in help in with gaylers to harass them are yeah. essentially self-identified hetlers that's why the graph sort of, or the data labeled them as anti-Gaylor Swifties, essentially. So Mm -hmm. it was people, it's like people who are specifically anti-Gaylor, as opposed to the majority, which is like Gaylor neutral, like probably has no fucking clue what that shit is about and doesn't care one way or the other. But I also think because like Gaylors are, you know, a little under one-tenth of the community at large based off of the data... From this article and from the study and the people who like really hate us are like what like three times the amount of us and mm-hmm. obviously are on the side of the default status of the entire rest of the fandom which is just assuming that like she is straight the the, the amount of like vitriol that is coming down onto Gaylers from within the fandom itself is it's the level of harassment is just so unwarranted and ridiculous of course and I think like the fact that COD got so many hate comments and stuff on like their Mm -hmm. video on an account that like has like 100 followers like their lover take like lyric analysis tiktok like if you do not leave this person alone for like, mm-hmm. get, just get a different pick up crocheting, <laughs> like pick up knitting. You need both of your hands for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I think like also people who are just disinterested by it in general and don't care about the lore one way or the other, either as Swifties or I mean, okay, I think as Swifties, people just don't want to get into it because it's not. I think it, it would require such a deconstruction of her. And I th- the archers talk about this, I think, in, like, their first episode ever. But it's sort of, you know, interpreting mm-hmm. her career and... But also more specifically, like, her songs and lyrics from, like, a queer lens sort of requires so much restructuring of the assumed life and reality of Taylor Swift that so many of her fans have already built up around her that it's not that like it's already so uncomfortable to sort of come face to face with so they just don't and they're also and they're just really opposed and even like a lyric analysis a queer lyric like which is the most innocuous way of trying to Mm -hmm. which is like how you can start off with Gaylor like literally I mean, Jill Gutowitz talks about this in Girls Can Kiss Now, where she's like, I became a werewolf when folklore came out, which is just, like, so funny. We had a whole episode about yes. about the book, if you want to listen to that. But 
when my ass listens to Seven or Betty for the first time, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This sounds gay. And for you to... I remember thinking... I think the first day I was like, where did this come from? And then that's what sparked it, sparked it all. Because I was like, where, these, these gay ass lyrics. And then you realize, oh, all of her lyrics are gay. And, and even if you just like listen to that for the first time and, and then you're like, wait, hold, hold on a minute. Why the fuck is she talking about, you know, your braids like a pattern, love you. To, like, bra- bra- this is crazy. You know what I mean? That just on that mm-hmm. surface level of being like, oh my gosh, queer childhood, girlhood intimacy and the celebration of this. And also like taking on the hashtag male perspective and quote unquote. I was going to say when she's when she said Betty is from the perspective of a man or or like I was like, right. I was like, girl, don't lie to me. Don't lie. And she's been lying ever since. <laughs> she lied before. She's been lying ever since. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. I, yeah. It's just, it's very silly that people are so opposed to any sort of oppositional reading of, and I think it's also indicative of the fact that they fundamentally just think that she is like a stupid, silly girl and woman. Even if they are a fan or they're not a fan or they think that, they don't care about her regardless like her career in public persona has been shaped in such a way in which people just kind of think of her as like some dumb bitch and so trying to look at her songs as anything beyond that people are like really like whoa like that's stupid you're stupid too for liking this and it's like oh my god like you guys regardless of your identity or your position on these like what you think your stances on politics are like the way this vitriolic hatred is just is like very deeply misogynistic because this is a woman who has come up in the industry since she was like a young teen and we are people who are mostly like girls and women who have grown up with her who are also like lesbians and you're so you're so opposed to any personal connection to that because of whatever reason you want to say that it that it's like morally unethical or just listen to other queer artists blah 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 listen to queer real queer artists lol or whatever it's just like every single time it is so tiresome and exhausting because who else there is no like Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift. You there is no one who is like her. There is no one who absolutely has a discography that is as deep and wide as hers. Like in terms of genre and like just sound and theme and like she's just incredibly prolific and there's no one who is as big as her and who like also does that shit. And is so successful at it. There's like, you can't compare these, these things and be like, don't look at this, do this instead. Because it's, that's not, the whole point is that we like this artist and we like her in a specific way because of the way that like you listened to her album and you're like wait hold on this is gay as fuck let me revisit this previous work that i've also grown up with and 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 be like wait this is also gay Mm -hmm. as fuck maybe i resonated with this even Mm -hmm. before i knew i was gay because this shit is gay as fuck like it's so easy and simple you know what i mean like you don't yeah 
Oh, but back to your point about like people just seeing her as like a dumb girl or whatever. I think I defend her more to be respected as a writer and be like, no, you are. You need to respect her as a literary figure, as a genius, as as someone who writes with intention, even before Gaylor. Like I'm mm-hmm. like I like I'd rather like to to the masses or when people ask me about Taylor Swift or whatever blah 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 I'm like listen you use your ears and your brain this whole section east to west and listen because her writing is impeccable her storytelling is impeccable her world building is impeccable her poetic genius in these songs where else are you getting this? Her ability to write a banger hit hook like that and have a song be the number one, three like pop chart toppers off of a single album and everyone knows her choruses. Everyone knows her bridges. You can hate like, Taylor in Swift the red era. and know every lyric to like seven of her songs. Like... <laughs> You like, have to be a genius like, for that shit to be so prescient, Lord. And to have the writing credits. And I'm not disrespecting writers or pop artists who work with teams, okay? Writing can be a very collaborative process. But we can literally whatever. look at songwriters, but Taylor don't, Swift. Don't call her dumb. Don't say that this shit is accidental. Don't say that we're... Re- the hit tweet that was like, you're schizophrenic or whatever from fucking Mazzy on Twitter. Oh my God, yeah. Whatever. No, no. Sit down. Look <laughs> at her history. Look at what Her ass done. is Look schizophrenic. At- That's the reality that we have to deal with. She is psychopathic, but also it's because like, she is a genius. And we need to work at that level before we do anything mm-hmm. else. And I think exactly. people don't want to face that fact because they don't want to think of a smart celebrity. <laughs> well, no, because they think that, like, you know, obviously, for, on one perspective, it's like, yeah, like, all rich people are incredibly, like, fucked up and stupid. And also, like, most men who are, like, incredibly wealthy and powerful and rich are, like, are just universally mm-hmm. lauded as geniuses, even if they are incredibly stupid. But when women are really successful, yeah. like... People don't even want to do that, which it's like the large scale misogyny that the most beautiful, talented, rich women in the world can face is from people who say that they oppose like misogyny or whatever is fucking crazy. And this year particularly has really made that so evident to me. Like it was recently Amber Heard's birthday Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, it's just it's it's just so crazy to me because even especially the way that like people will people will always argue that like w- when women are put in difficult situations or are trying to defend themselves they'll be like oh you're just playing the victim but it's like is that not also just misogyny to act as if every woman who feels wronged and has been wronged is just trying to play a trick or get away with it when in reality like men can pretend to be apologize for something that they will never be sorry for and get away with it and have like a fine career for the rest of their lives but somehow Mm -hmm. like 
someone who has been consistently making successful records since she was like 15 doesn't deserve basic respect because she like has had boyfriends like it's it's actually crazy because she's had boyfriends which like that's the foundation of it all yeah yeah i mean even because well there's a video because you were like re-watching hella taylor swift videos recently except i might have seen it somewhere else but i think it was in one of the videos he sent me of like how there were all the headlines of like taylor swift like date so many people don't trust her about around your boyfriend or whatever and she's like i dated like two people in a year and a half <laughs> like it's like she's it's crazy so fed that up. even this yeah. girl crazy era that she was supposedly boy in or that's how she was painted or sorry boy, <laughs> well, oh. um, <laughs> uh like during that time where it was like headline after headline after headline like her crazy like her and adele both of them getting whacked about <laughs> writing to break up to to write about their relationships or whatever. Like, when you actually look at the numbers or whatever, when you actually look at the stats, it wasn't even that crazy. Especially when you consider that she was just a girl in her 20s. I'm, I'm looking around. I'm surrounded by girls in their 20s. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. She's... She Taylor Swift just falling in at the median at best. Low median end of the be- boy toy low rotation. End. Like, let's be serious. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Uh. And and the and these girlies are not writing albums. I can tell you that. They're barely <laughs> writing Instagram captions. Okay. <laughs> they're they're putting stories on their close friends. Okay. They're not putting out red in 1989. Okay. So I think we can settle down with that. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, <sighs> Taylor Swift, even, like, speak now, her, her you know, entirely self-written album in her song, mm-hmm. Mine, is such a, well, such a gay song, because, like, if you grew up it, yeah. hearing, she is the best thing that's ever been mine, from her voice, you would have been like, wait, <laughs> right, <laughs> But also, mm-hmm. also like the the lyric. I think Rainfisher Kwan talked about how like one of the greatest signs of her lyrical and poetic genius isn't like the flowery like I hang from your lips like the gardens of Babylon or whatever. It's something that is like straightforward country and clever country country. Yeah, as like. You made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter. Like, that line itself yeah. is genius. Yeah. Like, whoa, of a careless man's careful daughter. You made a rebel. <laughs> like, I think she was just sitting in her room. She was just sitting in high school being like, ooh, that's a fire. And, like, writing, just writing shit down, <laughs> you know? And, like, a lot of girls think they can yeah. do that. A lot of people think they can do that with their notes app or whatever. But <laughs> there's only one Taylor Swift, you know? <laughs> and, 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 that, and, a, and a silence fell over the room because... <laughs> oh, Lord. But straight up. And also, well, because we were talking like a couple of days ago of like these kids who are growing up now with Taylor already being adult yeah, versus like growing up albums. with Taylor. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like, if you're... 10 years old in 2023 
And then knowing Taylor's career up until this point or whatever, or listening to all of her music and you hear the lyric from Taylor Swift, she is the best thing that's ever been mm-hmm, mine. Mm-hmm. In a 10 year old's head, are they just like, well, that's gay. Like just, just because <laughs> yeah. of, of, you know, the possible environment that they're growing up in. Especially if they have, like, a really proud hashtag, like, liberal mom or whatever right. who, like, makes them watch Queer Eye before bed. <laughs> like, it's very possible Drag race at dinner, that, right. Yeah. <laughs> Drag race is church on Sundays. Queer <laughs> uh, Eye is Bible study. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if there's going to be, like, this new generation of people who just already think she's gay. What's what's second generation? Like, second generation Second generation Like, I'm a Hitler on my mom and dad's side. Like, well, no, I think we're at, like, probably, like, third generation, third generation Swifties, Swifties by now. Yeah, yeah. But, like, second generation gayler, though. <laughs> two, two generations of gaylers. <gasps> that's that's terrifying, and it's nipping at our heels, folks. That What's Joe Biden's plan to deal with the second generation gayler demographic? Lord, Lord. Well, yes. There are... Well, yes. Well, yes. Well, yes. I lo- I can't stop saying that. It's because I hung out with Chris Dye, and, like, he kept on saying that, <laughs> I was like, you know I'm never going to stop saying that shit now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> anyway, now we have our final hot take. It, the, the, mm-hmm. the subject line is Swiftgate, stupid Twitter, and local neolib gays suffocating me. Oh, me, oh, my. Frowny face emoticon. Swiftgate, by the way, I think refers to the fucking war on the timeline that me and Renaissance. Yeah. It was Bush Fem yeah. Twitter. It was yeah. communist. It was anarchist. It was it was fucking uh anime profile picture kids. Your again. mom down the street. It was, <laughs> it was your neighbor. It was like it was- it was offline bitches who are dating people who don't mind their own business. Like, it... Made an account. Account made April 2023. <laughs> first tweet, I hate the Lambda Menace. Like, it was nasty and cruel. <laughs> Lord. Anyways. Hi, Son of Sons. Hello. My name is Jean, and I'm a 20-year-old hashtag real femme lesbian. I know a lot of your listeners also introduce themselves as communists, slay, but I feel like I'm not quite at the stage where I can, can say the same. But I've been aligned with leftism and Marxist feminism and stuff for a while. I'm just still doing lots of learning and lots of reading. This podcast has been super helpful for that, so thank you. But I always, like, have agreed with agreed most with communists like y'all. I'm like a communist in training, a baby communist, if you will. Anyways, I digress. This section isn't going to make sense to listeners who aren't chronically online on Twitter, if those listeners even exist. Look, they do, okay? And they were filling out our matches, <laughs> our match form. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Some people Thank were God. like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck y'all are talking about until y'all bring it up on the podcast. And I was like... <laughs> 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 but that's good. No, that's really. good. Um, I emailed this in the wake of Swiftgate when y'all tweeted about, like, the how and why you're gaylers, the one with the phrase oppositional reading, that managed to escape the dichlor bubble, and literally everyone was, like, yelling about Taylor Swift, like, in an, ugh, I'm so annoyed with gaylers, y'all are so dumb, it's not that deep way, so much that I had to mute the words Taylor Swift. 
My <laughs> hot take is that people who go on and on about not liking Taylor Swift and not liking Gaylers are, like, just as annoying, maybe worse, than the Gaylers they claim to hate so much. Like, at least Gaylers are going on and on about something they like. I hate Stan Twitter so much. Like, some of my mutuals were just saying that shit, too, and bringing up the biphobia allegations and the decentering men TikTok, and I was, like, having such a, ugh, oh my god, nobody understands me. Everyone is so dumb right now. <laughs> that's so real. Like, that's us every day. I wake up and I think, why does no one get it? <laughs> <laughs> I think this wouldn't normally bother me so much, but I think I've also felt isolated and frustrated in the small queer community I have in my town. My intro queer studies class opened my eyes a bit that and reminded me that a lot of people around me are just so neoliberal. Why did I have to explain to someone on the Canvas discussion board that lesbian doesn't mean feminine AFAB people, only attracted to other feminine AFAB people? I hate the way people use assigned gender at birth language anyways, but that's another can of worms for another hot take. And that queer doesn't mean non-binary people who are attracted to everything. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know if this person is cishet or not, but it's still frustrating when I have to respond to others' discussion board posts for a grade when they're all like that. And I guess it just opened my eyes more to other similar frustrations I have with people I know. Like, I'm obviously not going to list all my grievances, but an example is my main queer friend in my small town is a bi girl with a boyfriend, and she has that kind of attitude <laughs> that bi girls have where they think all lesbians are, like, out to get them, and that I'm just, quote-unquote, one of the good ones. She's never necessarily said those words, but that's the impression I seem to get. Your episodes talking about biphobia were really helpful for me because it was, like, having all my frustrations I had laid out and explained and validated in smart and concise language. Or in the young sapphic social group, there were, a, there were lots of lesbians, but I struggled to relate to them because they primarily talked about being attracted to the feminine, quote-unquote. Interesting. <laughs> no, let me not laugh. Personally. But there was also this weird attitude the non-lesbians had. Like, they have some pretty clear rules about respecting each other's identities and, uh, and no invalidating and stuff, which I definitely understand where they're coming from, but it felt more directed at the lesbians. Like, people uh, assume lesbians are more likely to be transphobic and turfy and are extra hard on us in queer spaces at times, and it's frustrating because I know I'm not like that. It's like, I'm now realizing, like, huh, maybe I am facing lesbophobia in queer spaces, and that's weird to think about. But I appreciate your podcast a lot because it's so validating to hear the stuff you say after a long time of dismissing my own feelings to appease the neoliberal non-lesbians in my life. I love what y'all do. Thank you for continuing to do the podcast, and I'm sorry this email got so long. And I love both of the stuff I saw from y'all and Beloved, and you're doing awesome things. Thank you, Jean. This is really sweet. Aww. Yeah, the fucking the swift the swift kid on Twitter. No, it's crazy. How that was it was like how many days? It was it was days plural people. No, like at least days four days plural. probably of just people on four. our ass. My God, like okay. There's also well, I don't know if I want to get into this on on the into this holy space safe space for people who are off. <laughs> But there seems to be this small group of people on Twitter that whenever we're getting attacked, crawl out of the bushes just <laughs> to hate on us. Just, like, come yeah, out of right. the woodworks just to encourage people to, in, to hate interact with our stuff. And it's like, we tweet for our Twitter followers. We speak for our podcast listeners. If you don't want to engage with us that's fine it's actually preferable we're here for the people who get it like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but anyway yeah, yeah that that era it was crazy it's over now thank god thank god because now we, we can, just like, gotta tweet hit tweets that was 1k likes of a diana agron gay 
princess vibe. So woo! Okay, we finally and didn't jumped set that. off like a oh. wave of arson. So no. like, <laughs> no, because, because like first, anything uh, we tweeted immediately mm-hmm. got got jumped. Like like. Yeah. Oh my god. Like we couldn't yeah. tweet anything like unrelated. So now mm-hmm. we're pa- finally mm-hmm. past that. Our Twitter is safe for some of you. If you got scared, had to mute us, whatever. Please mm-hmm. come <laughs> please come right. back. Please unmute Taylor Swift. And people who were like replying being like, This is ridiculous. And this is too it's like, where have you been? It's been two for years. For two years. <laughs> <laughs> for two years. Why are you like, getting on us and be like, why do you guys talk about Taylor Swift all the time? Why do you talk about Taylor Swift being... You could you open two the, years. the podcast description and just, like, scroll through that shit. My God. People were like, I don't even know you guys like, are a podcast. Oldest it's, to newest. The at is Lavender Pod. Like, the, dis- the display name is the Lavender Menace Podcast. Like, what is going on? And also people, and people like... people taking <sighs> our tweets out of context, asking questions that are answered in it's like usually multiple episodes right like the twitter is an extension of the podcast uh not the other way around if Uh you don't know the answer to something you might actually have to listen yeah but the whole point real is that they don't want to because they don't want to even engage with this in the first place beyond just a hate and no one wants to like you can't really engage in good faith with a podcast that you about talking about shit that you don't even fucking care about which is like fine like if you don't care about taylor swift or whatever you don't care about gaylor shit why are you on our ass about it the fuck anyways it's just so and you weird. want us to talk about something else we don't want to talk about something we first of all we do <laughs> and second of all when we want right. to talk about taylor we do <laughs> the fuck like yeah. we like we can't have a favorite pop artist Hello? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know how to put in an application to talk about fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> like. Oh, no, it's ridiculous because on one end, there's like the morality police of like, how are, how are you going to have, I think someone was like, how are you going to have free Palestine in your bio when, when you, and like Taylor Swift or whatever? It's like, are you serious? Are you joking? <laughs> on stan twitter and just like twitter in general long enough to know that there are palestinian umfis who like love harry styles and he's like a huge zionist like it's you guys can't be this is not serious you guys can't be fucking serious serious. it's never serious but also gene's point about hating stan twitter fucking yes yeah i've i've been on stan twitter for a hot minute and it like it makes I, I've stopped engaging with it in the serious sense that way? I used to before. Yeah, uh-huh. in a serious way. Like the thing is that at that point now I have like media based friendships with people mm-hmm. that are on there that I'm like, oh, I would like to keep talking to you about this. But there are so, the Pookie, the baby girl, the blah blah blah. I oh can't. I can't do it anymore. I can't. <laughs> I'm here to talk about media and culture and art and i need some of you to start taking <laughs> i'm here to drop my seriously. fucking edits and dip like please. yeah i'm here to edit i'm here to have detailed annotations some of you have watch threads i have detailed annotations of what i watch okay <laughs> and it's like mm-hmm. mm. like okay whatever so yeah no stay Twitter. and also i just don't think joining stan twitter right now is worth it anymore. There used to be the appeal because talking about media that you liked on your main account would get you fucking clowned on. 
Now that's not really the case at all, especially yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have a Twitter account, you kind of have carte blanche to tweet about whatever you want. Now, Stan Twitter has just become this bottom of the barrel group of anonymous Losers. accounts. <laughs> yes, and it's like... I'm sorry, I'm grandfathered in. I'm not with this fucking nouveau wave of stand Twitter <laughs> accounts that are like terrible. And also it's like, I'm not 13 to 17 anymore. Like my account is just different than it was before. And so now when I, but when I see 15 year olds, I'm like, okay, separate but related. Young teenagers who get hit tweets about explaining queer history or explaining what identities mean or respecting asexual oh my people. God. I'm like- <laughs> oh, you did laugh at my asexual joke. People are gonna, I'm gonna get hit with the aphobe allegations 2023. No, no, it's like, okay. Like you, like you are an anime account. I tap on your bio. Oh, it says you're right. 15 years old and you want right. me to ex- take this seriously. Right. But anyway, this is, that's, okay, that's like, my aside. The issue is that people don't read. You're on Twitter and you're illiterate. Explain that. I don't. I, I don't even need the explanation. That's because, because they're I see fucking reading social media AUs. I want to kill whoever <laughs> made the first social media AU Twitter thread. That shit is ruined. People have a more consistent Twitter fan fiction reading habit than literal physical books in their hand. That is scary. That is scary. Anyone who reads real books cannot maintain a social media AU reading habit. I don't think it's possible because the brain rot that you physically (laughs) feel your head experience, it's so frustrating. And these people, sure, fanfic writers, respect them, whatever. Some of them, I'm sure, whatever. These people that are writing fanfiction threads on Twitter are not right. They they are people who write. They are not writers. (laughs) And it shows. Like... It's actually like I do, right. I just can't study what literature is and respect myself do about this. If I see one more, if an account is made on Twitter and it says S M A U, those are the accounts that Elon should be automatically n- nuking, not the Sunny <laughs> Book Nook reincarnations, the fucking S M A U accounts. Like, please, Lord. Yeah, no, I just feel like I think. You just, people just need to be forced to read. You kind of, like, don't talk to me. Don't fucking talk to me until you've read, like, State and Revolution. Fucking, like, Walter Rodney, Sylvia Federici, like, Angela Davis, Stonebush Blues, or, like, other femme butch writers of the 20th century like lesbian historians esther newman whatnot like don't fucking Mm -hmm. talk to me don't talk to me unless you've read legit marxist theory legit feminist theory legit like queer history none of this bullshit queer theory stuff that emerges from the same cesspits of the mind that tumblr discourse came from like we need to look at the real material conditions of, like, what emerged from shit. We need to, like, understand. You kind of need to understand what something is to to hate on it, no? Or, or to even disagree mm-hmm. with it. That's why I'm not a fan of my current 
comp lit professor saying that we're in conversation with Marx and other theorists and opening (laughs) student response for critique because I would respect it if we all had the background to sustain it. Um, Some of these people are reading it for the first time and thinking that they can have critiques. And I just don't think that 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 that's a healthy mindset to be giving out. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's that's a free reign situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Agreed. Agreed. We're your students, you don't know what's going on and you kind of need to learn about that. And from the vantage point of someone who like kind of does know what the fuck is up, you because I've done the reading and from doing the reading, it's clear that you haven't. It's just not this looks silly and goofy, okay? And it's just dumb as fuck to try to drag Sanasans through the motherfucking mud over some bullshit that, A, is irrelevant in regards to, like, the relationship between pop culture and politics is complicated, but pop culture mm-hmm. obviously emerges from a political regime that, like, exists currently, as does pop culture. It's These are things that, like, currently materially exist pretending that they don't or disengaging from them entirely or trying to like take the moral high ground in this cultural consumption type of way that doesn't actually make sense doesn't it just doesn't make sense like within the landscape of how capitalism works at large and how much just engaging with the world on a basic level involves such a level of exploitation, dehumanization, and, uh, like, surface level just sexism and racism and et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think loving Taylor Swift and thinking that she's gay is really at the top of the line of issues when the majority of, like, you know, sports fans really don't give a fuck that their favorite players are all like wife beaters you know what i mean like this is not i this Mm -hmm. is so stupid that's the other thing that was like really frustrating during it is because all these people wanted to be like i have better politics i'm realer (laughs) i but the thing is that if you were realer you wouldn't be fucking caring about this like right if you were quote-unquote the bigger, better commie or whatever online, <laughs> whatever the fuck you think that is or whatever, this would not be, uh, Sunnissance would not be your number one enemy. I could tell you that. <laughs> if you don't like the cultural cachet that Taylor Swift has, Sunnissance is not your number one enemy to defeat that. Like, that is the thing is that engage, like the way that we were dragged online and like especially with the podcast account it was like hello these things that you're saying that you're fighting or whatever that you're trying to like flex on or whatever we are not relevant enough in any of these directions to be like the number one thing that you need to be dogpiling on and also it's like the way that we're talked about during all of that was like oh scary the the way that people just came at us anyway it's not like people aren't allowed to disagree or whatever but I mean not that we want to hear it necessarily but sure <laughs> but the disrespect oh my God. like just the objective yeah. disrespect was crazy no one treats other people like 
this mm-hmm. online. People treat us specific, like, and our friends who know us well and mm-hmm. have like known us well for a while, or have seen us and seen our internet presences for a while, have sort of observed this. And it's like there's nothing necessarily special about what or how we say the things that we do beyond just the fact mm-hmm. that like some people and people who are listening right now like you know like us and we like you. Mm-hmm. But the way that people hate us, and, like, also me specifically, Sunny, is crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. You and, and regardless of where you're coming from or who you are when you do this, it is fundamentally, imbe- this antagonism, like, is coming from this deep, like, hatred of like women and like lesbians and like there's even Mm -hmm. if you are that you can't this amount of specifically like you need to have the same taste moral standards as me because of the way that we we are in the same community or whatever quote unquote or you are extra wrong for this because it's like i the amount of hatred that I have received over the course of like my past like five years online versus the actual cultural cachet that I have in the world is insane Mm -hmm. because what what makes you think that this is bettering society at large when you mass dogpile and harass like one girl online I just don't get I don't get it. I am not Elon Musk. I am not fucking Jeff Bezos. Like, I am not, like, OJ Simpson. Like, please do not be fucking... This is very unserious. You have the same level of hatred and energy for me. Someone who, in many ways, has your same values, supposedly. And, and, and yet, you want to, like humiliate flagellate and specifically come out and then like justify it by by retroactively being like oh sunny you're actually like racist or anti-black or like sunny like you're actually the way that you responded to people is problematic because of a b and c or sunny like you're actually like it is crazy you like people will use the most reductive and stupid and just like ridiculous lines of like, like points and lines of thinking to try to belittle and reduce you and re- like for on my end because they think that like I have so much power than I actually so much more power than I actually do and they want to like just continuously like like chip at it and it is crazy it's crazy to witness every single time that it happens and like the way that people just like want do a public humiliation of like one fucking girl yeah Mm -hmm. y'all need to look within because that says a lot more about you than it does about whatever the fuck you think i am doing or not doing Mm -hmm. but anyway yeah it was it was a wild wild week on twitter yeah and people it like it was a lot of people who felt like they had been hating on, like, wanted to speak on us for a while. And really, once the flame was lit, right. just Those let it Those floodgates unleash. really just got open. And it's like, my God. Like, like we knew that like, we were divisive, but did it really? 
I want to know. People come forward if you got hit with the you have 24 hours to unfollow these accounts. <laughs> just like me and they in their pod or whatever. Oh, like, please. Please. But going through um, the rest of the email, aside from Swiftgate, yeah, the I, I, I have lost count of how many canvas or discussion posts that I've had to re- respond to appear and correct and be real about right <laughs> and, and also a neoliberal like like to, to a neoliberal or to a liberal and have to be like personally my perspective like I from my you, perspective but you're ooh. wrong you're dead wrong yeah. <laughs> but like in a nice way have we considered is like well I actually read or like from blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like ooh, like it is it does take um, a little bit of my soul and also the way that people use assigned gender at birth language oh my god horrific, horrific. <laughs> i think it, it, it's been so decontextualized and taken away from its original purpose and use that in casual speaking or in whatever i think the only way to kind of point out its ridiculousness is to use it in a ridiculous way like and to not take it fucking like seriously super wild yeah and super serious because even recently i've been hearing like just like this upkick of people using assigned gender at birth language that i'm like this is not being used it's it's actually more transphobic the way that you're using this in a way to avoid being seen as transphobic like if you just want to talk about people that you met or in your social circle and you're talking about people who either are girls or that you perceive as girls say just say that the fuck why are you saying me and afab people the fuck literally like this is for like the women in the afabs and it's like what what are you talking about? But then you're talking about like exclusively girly and like feminine things. And it's like, I don't think. I don't think you're. You like, don't even know what you are saying right now is the issue. Like, you don't even know what you mean. Yeah. And also, in a way, it's also coming off as more transphobic because now you're. Oh, it's fundamentally that, like, transphobic to well, yes, lump but, like, these people they, together. Like I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of an example without making clear that I'm thinking about like one specific person Help? who might listen to this episode, but like people that are known to be non-binary, and I'm not talking about myself, but like people who are known to be non-binary, and you're like, oh, but they're fine because they're AFAB, and it's like, what? What do you mean by that? Exactly. Like it's it's very strange. Um, no, because it's all behavior. rooted in like transmisogyny, of course, and it's all like mm-hmm. rooted in this hatred of, uh, in one sense, masculinity and viewing that as fundamentally mm-hmm. the the quote unquote evil, as if the evil is not like patriarchy, yeah, and who is oppressed by it, which is like fucking. And who and who is at highest risk in 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 this all encompassing system, and who benefits from this shit? Like no one, people don't want to think about this because, and don't want to use the correct language because they don't because they haven't thought about it, and they don't and they don't want to. They just like want to implicitly and 
on every level be transphobic without being accused of being so and thus mm-hmm. use whatever language they feel like is the politically correct or like you know n- neutral way of saying things without actually saying what they mean it's like we need to just start saying what we mean is like we just this just needs to start happening you know what i mean like oh my god yes Absolutely. And also, like, having to correct someone that lesbian doesn't mean feminine. Like, using assigned gender at birth language to define Mm -hmm. lesbianism in any way, immediately wrong. Like, incorrect. Like, if you're you're not apt, if you're not, if you don't have the skill and the background and the knowledge, if you're just throwing around lesbian means feminine AFAB to feminine AFAB or whatever... Like, no, no, no. Back, back, back to the elementary school of queer language, language in general. Like, let's go back to vocab one hundred and one. Yeah, it's 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 a no for me. Mm mm. Yeah, no. I I, I also is... I think like the the dichotomy of being in the like dichotomy. a small. Yes, the dichotomy of being in like a small town or being in a generally not queer friendly space, but being in educational spaces that try to be or like try to create spaces that engage with issues of like queerness, but do it in such a poor manner. And then like the queer spaces that are accessible to you in the these like, you know, pretty small towns or whatever being so annoyingly not a reflection of your own experiences or dismissive of your own experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I, I feel like the way that... I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, because I am not hashtag Californian and y'all grew up in California or whatever, like this is a particular type yeah. of situation that I just don't get because I think like... For me, growing up in the Midwest and South, it's like, if you're gay, you're gay. Oops. Too fucking bad. And, like, everyone Mm -hmm. who is that has to find each other and grow up together. Like, you have to figure out your identities in this collective manner from age 12. And it's, like, this joint coming of terms that that shapes identity to a point where you're not walking into a GSA and people are like... So, are you a TERF because you're a lesbian? It's like, guys, we need to be serious. Like, I saw you transition. Like, or, like, <laughs> we, we, have, we have come through the same doors. So, this is not even a conversation that needs to be had because of how people are just expected to be liberal or, like, people want to be seen as, like, socially progressive and whatnot. And they'll just use language mm-hmm. of, like, assigned gender at birth or whatever and and sort of equate femininity with womanhood and masculinity with manhood and view. And, fun, like, it's still... That's why, like, liberalism is fundamentally a conservative ideology because even on a social level in terms of the way that liberals think about, like, gay people or gay sex, they think of gay people Mm -hmm. as just extensions of the gay sex that they have, which is why they think of, like, lesbians as AFAB, ex-AFAB, and feminine. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're just thinking of, like, porn. The same way that you're just thinking (laughs) of, like, that thing. It's it's very reflective of the way that, like, homophobic conservatives will be, like, gay men shouldn't have sex because that's not how God built their bodies to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's 
it is the same logic built like in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, guys, like this yeah. is not this is not the hashtag girl boss feminist slay that you think it is. I know that you think you're being accepting and and I think like you can come to this point of you and perspective and come to this way of thinking from any identity or any angle because it's ultimately about like how you were raised and who you were taught by and how like how you have educated yourself or how others have educated you. Mm -hmm. Like these are all things about Mm -hmm. like learning and unlearning issues of like things that we are just raised in a world where shit is the default. So I think there's a lot of people who have done like one one step forward into that, but it's obviously like a endless step process. And that's just not something that people like really are willing to engage with in a lot of ways, even in educational settings, which is hilarious. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think the going to like queer spaces, especially like quote unquote, like sapphic spaces or whatever, and then it not being it, it not being the tea, is Help. kind of a, a universal real, real dyke experience. Well, yes, but also like your point of like if it's like a Californian or like blue state, because like mm-hmm. people will just think that being in a blue state and then like knowing that you're gay is like enough to have unpacked all of the things that you have learned yep. over the course of a lifetime. It means that, like, you're inherently with the shit and know what you're talking about. And so then when a real dyke walks in, (laughs) or just anyone who, like, doesn't fit that, it's rough. Yeah. And it's hard, like, that has essentially been my lifelong experience. That was my experience in K-12. through That was my experience in university. Like... The gay spaces that I had the most access to or that were the most accessible to me were not ones that were actually interested in creating or the queer community or whatever that I actually wanted to have at queer spaces. And what they offered me was something where I would have had to minimize my actual thoughts or my actual Mm -hmm. identity in a way that is uncomfortable to me. I'd rather be a lone real dyke in my classes mm-hmm. walking around mm-hmm. whatever than stifle what I want to say in the fucking like GSA. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like that shit is more annoying. So yeah, I definitely feel Eugene on that and like like also the assumption that lesbians are just going to be more transphobic in Turkey because we are lesbians. Yeah. And we talked about this in like a couple episodes ago where it's like most of the time like yeah. these turf ass bitches are just like straight women or like bisexual or whatever. Like mm-hmm. this idea of the lesbian radical feminist transphobe is kind of crazy because honestly if we think about It's a figure of your imagination. <laughs> because if we think even even if they existed these people who are afraid of, of transphobic lesbians, do you think that they can name the actual transphobic lesbians? No. The the four exactly. mothers that you think of, A, they're, a lot of them are, like, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And B, like, they're... A lot of their concerns at the time and a lot of their... The material conditions of, like, their reality, historically, 
like even for trans people, because the language and the way that you address these things and gender and like assigned gender at birth and stuff like that wasn't even thought, like wasn't really thought through by a lot of, especially like American feminists at this time, mm -hmm. you, people, like you're just, you're just calling like no, feminists who have never even thought about what trans people are or don't even know that they exist. You're just calling these people TERFs or whatever. You're saying that these people are trans-exclusionary when, like, do you even know what that means <laughs> when it comes to a history of radical feminism's development? Because yes, a lot of radical feminism mm -hmm. and feminism and women's spaces were really aligned with and emerged from lesbian spaces in especially the late 20th century. Like fundamentally it kind of had to, it had to be like a lot of lesbian reading groups and bookstores and communities and zines and stuff were all about like, it's about women first and you know overcoming patriarchy and fighting like male power because that that's why we have like that's why feminism was a thing you know what i mean like that's why we have made the feminist strides that we exist under now because those people mm -hmm. address the material conditions of that time and made it possible for women to get credit cards without husbands and made it possible to make sexual harassment illegal in the workplace and made it possible for title nine to be a thing like they were addressing those really dire issues of the 20th century. And right now, because we live in this like transphobic regime of state by state, people getting their like rights and bodily autonomy getting stripped away. I understand why like just painting with a broad brush, everyone who didn't include or like understand or address trans people or experiences within their work like, especially as feminists, as, like, trans-exclusionary could be the approach. But, like, that still, that, that reflects a non-engagement with, like, actual feminism and, like, feminism mm -hmm. that has been effective and has mm -hmm. brought people, like, has defeated specific issues of patriarchy on like a legislative level or within within people's just day-to-day -day lives that right now mm -hmm. is also pretty essential to think about and look at and like it's just i just don't think that people are people are afraid to think or read or learn for themselves these things because they don't want to like be problematic or they will lean into that and then end up being like fascist weirdos online incels fem cells black pills whatever the fuck like i don't this weirdo shit because no one is no one wants to be normal and smart and like not super hateful towards other people while still like you know actually intellectually engaging with people who mm -hmm. are really important to like the history of social movements. You know what I mean? Like, how are you going to call Marx mm -hmm. a racist? I don't think he ever interacted with a black person in his life. Like, I don't... This is just so... First of all, Karl Marx is black. So, <laughs> Right. Right. No, like, I just think... Lenin, black. Stalin, <laughs> literally black. Uh, There's a book called Black Like Mao, no? Because yeah. it's about 
facing the material issues of the time, relating it to the struggles, transnational struggles, like struggles historically, relating them to what is present now. And I think trying to reject any of that or trying to negate all of that on the basis of like inclusion or not wanting to it's just like you y'all hate critical thinking and you hate literally nuance you hate looking into like what people are actually saying with their words because it's easier to just take the most disingenuous interpretation to the furthest possible like way like oh god anyways i remember i think at the beginning of like my third year or something i was in a queer theory class and i just asked my professor i was like Radical feminism seems to have had a PR shift, <laughs> a change, and like, like, because it doesn't seem to mean what it meant when it was doing the thing in the 20th century in the way that it does now if you're like, I am a radical feminist. Because so many of the prolific feminists that we were reading or learning about were radical feminists of the 60s, the 70s, like different time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and when you look at their points and look at their words especially like the non-lesbophobic ones it's mm-hmm. real shit <laughs> like mm-hmm, real mm-hmm, important mm-hmm. shit that they were fighting on the basis of gender discrimination because that it it was real like it like it was, it was fucking bad my god and like, now every lesbian like, who walks in the room is gonna bad. be assumed a radical lesbian feminist it's like first of all that's not even that bad that's not a bad like Honestly, that's a pretty honorable position to take because that's the Lavender Menace. Mm-hmm. The Lavender Menace as a mm-hmm. group was a radical lesbian feminist like organization that like organized around women's issues from a from a lesbian lens. Like these were mm-hmm. real things and people were facing real issues and like that's a, that's a legacy of work and activism that can still live on today and must the same way that Absolutely. honoring butch femme and trans inclusive dynamics within queer organizations is also essential because these are things that are also historically relevant and important. And these things were historically complicated the same way that they are contemporarily complicated. Yeah, but what I was going to say with like asking my like professor about like... Mm-hmm. Just the the more, like, connotatively of what it meant rather than, like, the actual politics and, and stuff. But also it's, like, that is a question that when you are reading about actual radical feminists and that time is a question that allows you to see that what is happening online now of people just making an account and saying, I'm a rad femme mm-hmm. versus feminists of the Mm -hmm. radical feminist like branch or whatever Mm -hmm. and also how they work with other factions of lesbian organizations Mm -hmm. or different people who identified as radical feminists but were also part of different groups or different demographics and how all of those things Mm -hmm. informed their feminism even if they would answer the question yes i am a radical feminist like Mm -hmm. when you actually engage in feminism because you are a feminist for real Mm-hmm. It becomes very apparent that this, like, radical feminists have never been right, all bad, like, mm-hmm. all evil, or assuming that lesbians are trans-exclusive radical feminists, but you also don't really know what that word means. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, 
Like, I, I... You just have, like, a vague idea of what mm-hmm. the big, bad, scary lesbian is. And to be you honest... You heard of, like, Gloria Steinem once <laughs> and went, like, I hate radical feminists or something like that. And it's <laughs> like, girl... So, those were the hot takes. This was a very hot take forward episode for you We needed all. to get shit off our um, chest, dead ass. Like, please. <laughs> we, we had Gaylor emails from February. Right. Business shop talk this week folks but that is our episode of course if you have any emails our emails are where we get love and you guys seem to like us the most right uh versus our twitter quote retweets as as previously discussed so please email us the butch femme like dating form is still open on our patreon so if you want to add our patreon add to our patreon um, and become a patron you can still fill out that form super slay and our bonus and episode regarding the toe breakup is up there as well and yes. we're gonna have we're gonna have a future episode a future bonus episode where i discuss because someone on our instagram which you should also follow if you want to made a really fun suggestion about like me going through my Gaylor playlist, which for some reason has like tripled the amount of like saves over the past couple, mm-hmm. like the past week or two. Anyway, my go through my Gaylor playlist and no, how I curate no it. coincidence to a date, no <laughs> correlation to any particular date. Yeah. Don't look up what two weeks ago was. <laughs> yeah. So, and someone wanted me to like go through like my reasoning around it because I ended up changing it and they were like, why did you... I feel like I just started to understand your reasoning around what you included and how you ordered it. And now I do. So <laughs> if you listen to my Gaylor <laughs> playlist, you know what's up. Uh, and yeah, anyways, that's what we have in store for the future. And of course, our 420 special episode, our live show is just up on Instagram mm-hmm. as well if you want to go look at the recording of that. That was really, really fun. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's all we have for you today because we just were very hot take heavy. Uh, in future episodes, we'll do our typical three section of uh, hot takes and media review and recommendations. But thank you for joining us regardless. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah, we'll see you in our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.